skin they'd collect inside of the mouse pad, you know? Like how like mouse pad gets that whitish The mouse pad? Uh yeah, mouse pads. Mm, I don't I don't have that so much. Really? What kind of mouse like, pad are you using? Are you using that a or mouse, mouse pad? It's a regular mouse pad. Like I don't I don't know, it's a re that regular kind of mouse pad material, I don't know. Is it a It's a rub like a, this rubbery kind of Is it uh do you use a high friction or a low friction mouse pad? I imagine it's I don't know, it's regular. I I, I don't know. Well, the the low friction ones are more like a plasticky material and the high friction ones are more like a cloth material. Yeah, it's more of like a cloth, I guess. All right. That's cool. It's cool. I mean, one thing I don't like is the dead skin that collects inside the actual mouse. Yeah. Or inside, just like, that that buttons and the, Yeah, that's bad. That that do you have like a, an outline of where your finger sits? I have no, like an outline I, of where I, my I, finger I, sits. I, I try and clean my mouse, but pretty regularly. One thing that's hard is on the I have the same mouse as you and on the bottom of it, there are like these um like drift pads or something. They're essentially like Oh, yeah, with yeah. With the mouse slides on. Uh -huh. And I tried to clean those because those get pretty gnarly, but they're very sensitive. So it's like you can't clean them or they'll like fall off, essentially. Yeah. And then once they fall off, you can't really get them back on again. Like, I, I remember that had happened to one of my mouse. Yeah. And like I'm, that, that. I'm eating a banana, by the way. So if you're if you're curious what the munch is, that's, Ugh, that's there's always munch. a munch. You know, I was listening to like for whatever reason, I was listening to an old, old cast. I was trying to find one of my favorite casts, which was the, our, like, I think it was like a hundredth episode or something like that. And I did a super cut of, of all dumbass jokes. And it included my favorite thing that we've ever podcasted about. And that was an episode, uh, of this like TV show of like life hacks or something that I had seen. And they were the dumbest life hacks. Like they were so useless. And there was one that was just like about, uh, putting whipped cream or shaving cream all over the mirror inside of your bathroom yeah. and yeah, then yeah. like then it wouldn't like fog up or something and then but there was a bunch that were like even dumber than that they were like if you just like what like that one almost has merit but it's still ridiculous but then there was like i don't know there was others that were more insane of like uh jerry rigging i don't know like sp like a spoon and a straw together so it's like this way when you <laughs> eat your salad you could uh, you know, munch on the the leaves, and then when you get kind of low and it's just down to some dressing, you could slurp up the dressing or something like that. That was just disgusting. I don't even understand it. Nice. Well. Yeah. That's, we're beyond life hacks because um, I don't know. Everything is just kind of kind of yeah. hacked. Everything is hacked. Like 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 just life is hacked to yeah. to death. Like like hacked. Life is kind of hacked in a way that like a murder victims uh are life hacked like murder victims are life hacked in the way that our reality is life hacked we need phantom thieves to change some people's hearts you know what i mean imagine that would be that would be this is the time right this is this is like they ring truer now than ever phantom thieves rise up not to be confused with antifa yeah they're different phantom thieves of course the proud boys we all know the, that. Um, Phantom thieves in real life would be pretty fucked up. How so? Where it's like, I don't know. Imagine like Phantom thieves like changing Jeffrey Epstein's heart and him having to admit everything that he did. It would be a lot darker than the than the stuff you get in a Persona. 
Yeah, they have. I don't. I don't believe that they have a pedophilia character. Do they? I mean, not unless you count the Kamoshida. Kamoshida is well. The first one is kind of actually, definitely, in fact, very much so, a pedophilia character. Um, but I don't think there's a human trafficking character. But yeah, there's not so much a human trafficking character. <laughs> I mean, Kamoshida, the first dungeon in uh, Persona Five is in fact very much like a sexual abuse like a sexual predator that is like it is like attacking his students yeah that's pretty oh, dark. by the way uh wtdg podcast for the week of september 19th oh i wonder if going? yeah i mean let's see i mean the it looks like our levels are pretty good or at least they're falling i mean i'm pretty sure areas. you've been recording all of this yeah right? we've been recording all this i i yeah. never you know i don't leave stuff out unless I do things where I leave out the first part of the conversation and it sounds mysterious because it's like we faded into the, the amazing, incredible sounds of Bumper's uh, hit songs off the album Pop Songs 2020. Um, you can get it. I always, Whenever I say that, I'm not sure about myself, but you can find them at multiple places, but maybe there you should start on YouTube to get a link to getting one of their shirts or their uh record i'm getting i'm getting the the vinyl in the mail i don't have a i don't have a vinyl player but i'm getting one um but you've been playing persona 5 royal i am which I, is I the am. upgraded version of persona 5 in the same vein of uh persona 4 golden yeah so well, i i don't know i actually don't know you might be able to, to do a better job of telling me about uh golden but uh persona 5 royal at does like add a, a fair amount and it's kind of a weird sell uh, uh, like they they don't uh kind of go into great depth on what they're adding and I, and I, I understand why but it's like so many things of the game have been uh touched up and you know added more depth to in the in like all, every aspect of the game so it's kind of like it's like it would be like a math. It would be kind of hard and difficult to uh, explain, but it's just a more full experience, like more rich experience. Um, I don't know, like it, what did what did uh, Golden do? Because I was making a list actually. Like I yeah. I so so Golden added a bunch of new like uh, school events. Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't play the original, so I'm not like so on the up and up about exactly what it added. But obviously, it added. Uh, the entire like you don't know anything about like the Marie dungeon and the I don't think you know about the ski trip right. Uh, so, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So so those are missing. Uh, otherwise, I don't know what else. Unfortunately, you know, I didn't I didn't play Persona Five uh, Vanilla. Persona Four. So vanilla. I, I don't know Persona Four Vanilla. Yeah, but I do know what Persona Five added uh, with Royal. You do? Well, yeah. You get the two new confidants, right? You get the um the counselor and you get the redhead that I didn't get introduced to yet. Only a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm guessing that you got further along with that. There's yeah, changes to Con go on. Continue. There are changes to the dungeons, right? So they, yeah, added... there was large changes to the dungeons. And I, and I like that yeah. because the dungeons are, I was making notes. Uh, the dungeons are uh, so creative, like, and such, so incredibly creative. And I, I just I love what they did with diving into uh, someone's psyche, and they they added more to the dungeons that make the dungeons feel 
I guess a little bit more uh, close to like a Zelda experience, a little bit closer to like the dungeons themselves being having like more uh, tricks and puzzles and stuff like that. Yeah. And more and even a little bit more variety in uh, the kind of artwork and the general atmosphere of it. They, they added they, they, they added a fair amount. Um, and I know you were recently talking about it, but they they added uh, this whole will, these will seeds where yeah. it, uh, there are three hidden will seeds in the dungeons and to kind of compensate for the fact that they're also the dungeons are longer and you're kind of gated always by the character's SP, their, like, their monogage. Uh, but uh, they added these will seeds that restore a little bit of, of SP, and also if you collect all three of them, you get a like special treasure, and those have been really cool. Those, those have, sure. have been really neat. Um, I, I feel like that has been a, a, a really good aspect of like utilizing those. I, I have one that uh, nullifies weaknesses, for a character, so I could put it on a character that I'm worried about. I, I also feel like I this is going to be this is like a minor thing, but I wonder if the enemy AI is more brutal because the enemy AI always hits weaknesses if it's available. Yeah, well, they also added some some new uh, like enemy types, like the unstable enemies. Yeah, that was again like the, like it's like every aspect of the game got a little bit more to it. They added unstable enemies and unstable enemies are like add a further um like uh puzzle dynamic to even like regular small fights and i i really like it for two different reasons it's a really smart addition but uh when you destroy a if you you have to down or kill an unstable enemy because if you don't they'll like counterattack or reflect they're stronger than regular enemies um but if you kill an unstable enemy it'll explode with damage with the overkill damage um yes. with the entire group so it kind of not only does it add this mechanic of like being like waiting or to to kill them but when you get stronger it's almost a mechanic to make fights faster as well because if you already are familiar with that enemy and you know the weakness to it you can like just hit it knock it down and then hit it again rather than just knocking down all of the enemies to save sp and then when you overkill it, it'll explode and it'll destroy the other enemies with it. So it kind of creates a puzzle when the enemy is difficult and makes fights go a little bit faster if the uh, fight isn't difficult. So yeah, they, they did add, they added that. Um, and I know you were talking about, other than just the will seeds, you were also talking about the grappling hook. It's just like a, it's a minor thing and uh, it, it adds a little bit more depth and you you get to uh, around the uh, dungeon a little bit more differently. But, and it opens up, you know, different possibilities for movement within the dungeon. But more than anything, it just, it like adds to more flavor. You're more of like a, feel more of like a phantom thief, I guess, grappling around. Yeah, um, it is, it is stylish. It's very stylish. And it's a, and it's a game like that wears that stylishness on its sleeve. Like we always talk about how it's like the best most slick menus uh, ever like yeah. menus and maps and general ui elements are like unbelievably slick and just the music is incredible and everything like about it is so so wild the, they added a lot to mementos i don't know if you were up to that point yet uh i just hit mementos and i'm i turned the game off right as uh mona turned into the car 
That's yeah. when I that's that's where I am right now. Okay, so you might have not seen it, but um Mementos has this this cool kind of thing where there's an extra there's another character that's in Mementos and as you're driving around you get flowers that are like on the ground and also there are hidden stamp machines and uh the flowers uh you 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 find this character that you can trade the flowers in for for items that you can keep like so just an extra way to get different sp items or healing items um and the flowers you have to use within you can't save them up once you leave mementos you lose whatever flowers you didn't use and then the stamps are i think a much cooler they're a really cool thing where uh you can spend the stamps on increasing um different aspects of like your your rewards that you get from mementos so uh cool. you can increase the experience you get you can increase the chance for items to drop you can incre- increase the money that drops um so that's a really cool thing to just uh make mementos be more about what you want and you can modify that actually like kind of on the go so if you were really hurting for money or something then you could uh make it so that you put all the stamp points into uh, increasing the amount of money you get from every fight and then grinding that out or, you know, experience or items. So th- it does add a lot to mementos um, and makes it feel like more of a worthwhile thing that y- you'd want to go into. Um, yeah. I-, I have been really liking, uh, I believe this wasn't an aspect of it just because I don't remember it being this deep, but um, traits. Traits. Were traits an aspect of, of Persona uh... 5? I don't think so. Can so you, every can you tell me what that is. Every um, uh, persona now has these passives. Oh, cool. Yeah, they don't. You don't see so them. It's even more like Pokemon. Yeah, it's very much like Pokemon. So, so the 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 persona breeding got really deep in Persona Five, especially Royale, um, where uh, the uh, different char- the different personas have different traits, and when you fuse them, you can pick which trait you want. Um, and the traits are really, really cool and really deep. Uh, d- uh, stuff like doubling damage on a technical, which I don't even remember technicals that much from Persona Five. Like I may, I, no, I think that not might really right. Yeah. I didn't remember technicals either. And I was like, what is this? Where so, it's like, if if enemies are afflicted with like certain status ailments, like if if they're like poisoned or something, and you hit them with like a fire attack, it'll like do bonus damage, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that it's that also felt new. Yeah, the, and then sure the, the, the nuke and psych damage will technical on ailments. So, yeah. like, the, the nuke and psych damage will always technical on ailments. So, uh, for example, um, I built, uh, like, I, I have a matador that uh, I, I, I got to pick three skills from personas that I killed yeah. to, to make the yeah. matador. And I ended up making a matador that had mapsio which is like the uh like light psych damage it has like light uh the the oh the aoe light psych damage it has aoe light um wind damage aoe light fire damage aoe light curse damage um so it has a big huge it has like all these different um aoe's and the trait i gave it was uh like 15 percent increased damage on aoe's so, like, the, like, that's more of a thing that, like, you actually, like, just every aspect of the game really was added to. And I, I feel like now I'm, I'm really concerned about 
uh like breeding in the personas to have these like awesome effects and like i said like there's there's stuff where you can uh have them lower sp of certain of buff skills to like nothing or um uh increase technical damage or uh you know all different sorts of things i haven't seen a lot of them but um like i i have a a jack frost that that deals like 30 percent increased ice damage that's pretty good like cool stuff like that like like every part of the game has really uh been increasingly fleshed out um i uh like that at the end i think this was a a a a really good thing uh to to add but at the end of a social contract or at the end of meeting a confidant um they call you up when you're getting to your house and they kind of and they talk about like what happened that day and it's kind of like a further I don't know, like, uh, like bookend onto the events yeah. of that day of like, of like, I don't know, you could go to meet a confidant and then they're getting bullied and they'll call you up at the end of it. And like that, their story so far is that they, you know, need to speak up for themselves and then they'll talk to you a little about what happened today. And it gives you extra chances to, uh, say, to speak to them and increase yeah. that, that link. So, uh, it just, is that, so is that new? I don't remember. If I that think was that I, I could swear that that's new. Like, I don't remember I, that. I will being say that I, I think that it's really, I, I like that feature because it feels very real. Yeah. That's, I mean, way, that's like, why I wanted to bring that up too. Is not only yeah, does it, feels it help like very natural, not only does it help, um, uh, increase kind of your, your chances with, 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 uh, raising the, the confidants up so you can do more things and you can meet more confidants instead of spending a lot of time just like meeting the confidant and not getting the uh the the rank up um but it like you said like it persona 5 uh and the persona games in general like the the probably the best thing that they do is ground you in that reality um making you like it's not even just their the overall gameplay or the narratives that are great it's it's also the way that you're concerned about like watering your plant or on Sundays going to get uh, juice or you know like it's raining out so I should study because it'll be like calming for me to go study and all these kind of like life things that you're you're balancing all at once and like slowly seeing these benefits too and I I like that I like people calling you up and talking about what happened that day. Um, and just the, there's, there's, I feel like there's more phone conversations than there used to be. So yeah, there's, there's like a lot of individual additions that, uh, really make it, uh, a a much better experience. It's weird because Persona 5 itself is gotta be one of the greatest games ever made. Um, just like on all levels, like on a technical level, like on just, uh, art design, uh, soundtrack, uh, just, how much it it manages to juggle um it and, yeah. and and to have a game that like that i would say like don't even think about the original persona 5 if you haven't played it like play obviously play royale and uh, i like that you call it royale like it's a sandwich i thought it was royale it feels like it would be royale i think it's royal but if it's royale that's very fun i <sighs> fantastic phenomenal game i'm just i'm, Persona, I'm, I'm yeah, enjoying it's it so much it, what, one thing that's that's crazy to me is is there you know it, it's a very long game right but the criticism that it's too long uh is a little baffling to me because it's like listen 
if if you don't like the game then move on but like i persona 5 the original carried me through the whole time not even just like the story but even just like the gameplay and trying to get like insane personas at the end like reaching the the maximum level of confidence and like all the abilities that it unlocks i think that the the two biggest changes uh from persona 4 to persona 5 uh number one is the dungeon design uh, because in Persona 4, the dungeons were procedurally generated corridors. Uh, and, and now that they like are these, these you know, they, they feel like palaces. They feel like uh, like something like you said, like you would get in a Zelda or, or something like that, where they're like full of puzzles. They're very thematic. Um, and, and, you know, there's actual development happening within every room. Uh, so so that's great. And then the other thing that is so much better about five is just the confidence, uh, not the characters themselves, but the benefits that you get from raising every confidant. I don't know if you remember in four, but you didn't get any benefits. Yeah, it was from just the up- it, it literally was just increasing the level of the personas you fuse, right? Like it increased yeah, like when you get- fuse an opponent, uh, a persona, you get a bonus for having. Yes. You'd, you'd get access to more personas in the in the um the suite and you would get bonus experience but now every character does that and they also give you these additional benefits yeah I know that the new and the different characters also kind of focus on different things like I know that that like in personified they do make a big deal of of whenever you meet a new confidant it goes to Sai Nijimi who is like uh interviewing you on how you were able to do all this kind of stuff and she's like oh you must have had a you know counselor to keep you uh to work on your your um mental state and keep you cool under stressful situations then that's when it goes back to like you with this new counselor persona um and the like uh they the different the different confidants are like focusing on different aspects of the game so like the teacher you know gives you more time within the the day like you get to to use classroom time to uh do stuff you want uh the confidant the new one wow i gotta uh, get them right away then that's that's the stuff that i that i find the most valuable you tell me that (laughs) but uh uh the confidant gives you the uh the counselor gives you um uh a lot of buffs to joker so uh he uh gives it a a chance to shrug off a status ailment uh a chance to uh not spend sp uh when using an ability um stuff like that like different benefits to to joker and joker's the character that i always run out of sp with yeah he does yeah i i have a problem with joker i mean He's going to be more, he, he is the problem because more than anyone else, since you're always going to have, once you know the enemy's weakness, Joker will probably have a persona that has that spell. Um, and because of that, he's kind of always going. And you also have these like really powerful, the key's the one who has the most powerful personas. So you're spending a lot of mana yeah. on powerful spells and powerful AOE spells uh, and then the other problem with Joker is that he's the only character that can't die at all. Like if he gets like if the enemy gets like a lucky crit on Joker or they focus fire Joker's weakness, then you're just you're done um, for for like it'll it'll kill you. I don't remember what happened in Persona Five before Royale, but in Royale when you die, you can restart the fight. 
Oh, wow. Someone's really excited about being able to restart the fight. Restart the fight? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so, you, so yeah. you can restart that, a fight, a hard yeah. fight. One, one thing that they... Well, yeah, typically in uh, Persona 4, what would happen if you died is it would send you back to the Glass. beginning of the floor. Oh, yeah? That you were on, yeah. Persona 3 was really brutal about that. I think Persona 3 was just last save. It's like hardcore, just you're done. Yeah. Old games... I mean, there's values to those kind of things. Like, I, I feel like I'm happy with the difficulty in Persona 5 um, uh, and that the uh, enemies more so are, like, targeting weaknesses and that you really do have to develop strategies uh, really quickly uh, on the fly. Or if you're, like, really getting your ass kicked to something, like, die once and then start to learn how exactly to do it. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to die and lose a ton of time that was how persona 3 was like there were no saves while you're in the dungeon so you have to like perfectly do whatever you're trying to do and that's difficult when you're going into um mm -hmm. uh the like different floors for the first time not knowing what enemies weaknesses were but i kind of like it it's a different it is a it is a different value to it and it kind of made it so that i would uh have like preliminary scoping out of the dungeon to see what kind of personas you fight learn those weaknesses not push the group too hard and then sleep and then mm. go back the next day and make like a further like a bigger push also in persona 3 i don't think they did they do this in four but in persona 3 the characters would get like tired and not want to go like they could no. get like sick or tired and they'd be nope. like i'm not going in tonight because you you had me go in the last two nights and they like you can nope. force them to go but they'll i think that they went in like they get automatically crit by everything like they're just like weak to everything nope but i'm guessing in persona 3 did they let you change your uh characters in the middle of the dungeon no so that's probably why they did that so that you would use your whole team yeah so so yeah you do have to like focus on using your whole team there's no there's also they don't have that um this I, I I don't like when RPGs don't do this. Like Pokemon started doing this more, but RPGs always should give you party EXP. Like everyone in your party should be getting EXP because when they don't do that, then you inherently have problems with like, well, I've been using these characters for a little while, or these Pokemon, or whatever this these RPG things, and because of that, my other characters aren't ready. Yeah, you know that's a, just a frustrating thing. Like you should be able to use who you want. Yeah, and, and one of the, yeah, and it's a specifically a confidant in Persona 5 gives you that. Uh, so that's a fun one to level up, especially I, early they give in the you, game. They give you that for free in Royale. Like, they give you that, like, right up front. I think you can increase it, though, by upgrading that uh, confidant. Is it, is it um, Magician? Is it Morgana? No, it's um, the Could... one who's maintaining the Phantom Thief website. Oh, uh, Mishima. M Mishima, yeah. I remember that because his name is Mishima. There you go. Which is, you know, it's Mishima. Sure. So that's not the only game that I've been thieving in and heisting in recently. Gustenberging, even. I don't know if you heard about this, but Path of Exile. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about this. I don't know if heard about this. I don't know if I've talked to you ever about Path of Exile. No, take, you, take, me, take me on a stroll. So Path of Exile, you say? Yeah, Path of Exile. Let's go down this path. A WTDG favorite, you know, free-to-play action RPG. Every three months, they release an expansion. 
free to play but honestly the you know i don't like some of the deals like you have to you have to be able to like it's mostly pay to win we all know that we've been saying that for a long time ggg obviously an extremely uh money grubby hung uh money hungry grubby company and no, no. You got it mixed up. Oh. No, there's nothing in this game that you can buy that gives you power. Oh. Except, but you can get some extra inventory slots in your stash. Nice. And, and you can get dragon wings. Uh, but their new league I is want big, ugly dragon Heist. Wings. And the idea of the Heist League is that you are coordinating and training a, a team of thieves to break into areas and to steal precious items. Oh wow, this is so appropriate. This is so thematic with what I'm be- I've been doing, right? This is the this is the heist podcast. Yeah, so the idea is that uh as you go through the game, you will find uh like contracts and coins and you can spend a coin to go to the um to the thieves area. What do they call it? It's like hideout. I, ba- bad guy bay or something oh, <laughs> it's no. not literally that but essentially that. You, you go to this to a new town area where you are essentially coordinating you're talking with your um confidants uh and you know some of them will be trained in lock picking or brute force or engineering and as you do contracts with those characters so essentially you get these contracts uh that brings along one one character uh, as you f- when you finish that contract, you get some loot and you level that character up. Later on, you get access to heists. So on heist missions, you are bringing in multiple characters. You're figuring out, okay, I want this person to be on lockpicking. I want this person to be on brute forcing. Uh, and essentially, you're trying to assemble your team in a way that is both like affordable to you because there is like a uh essentially the ring which is the group of thieves uh you have to pay them a fee so you have to kind of coordinate like how much you can afford to spend on a mission if you've been like leveling up one person and they become really powerful then you're gonna have to pay more uh to bring them along on the heist and essentially the heists and the way that they work is you go into an entry point and then you know if you have a lock picker then you're going to be able to lock pick through Uh, certain doors and you are either trying to avoid enemies or like take them out quickly but essentially like as you do actions your um alert level in in the dungeon rises and once it hits max you have about 30 seconds to finish up your looting uh before all of the loot goes on lockdown and then you enter the escape section of the heist and once you're in the escape section uh, it spawns a ton of enemies, and you have to try to escape. Everything that you pick up in the dungeon is contraband, and once you actually clear the dungeon, um, and you have to clear the dungeon, then you get all of that loot legitimately. Essentially, you fence it off, and then it becomes legitimate loot. But but it adds this kind of pres- pressure and stress of like... of um. The, the game is always total weird balance with risk versus reward in, in softcore leagues because you don't really have that fear of dying. Um, but, but the way that they did it in maps is you had like a limited number of portals or if you, and essentially like if you try to make a map too hard, you're not going to be able to get through it. And they, they do the same thing here of like, do you want to open up uh, these extra chests on the way 
and potentially risk setting off the alarm before you get to the big treasure or make it really hard for yourself when you're on your way out. What, um, I, I, I don't know if I missed it, but what is the, like, from when you're actually playing, you know, the the story, like you have to play through the different acts um, yes. to get to the end of the game. There, there's always a thing that, like, you're, that, that ties the league in. Like, what is it that you see when you're playing the maps or, like, what is the addition to yeah. the game? So there will be just, like, caches, like a smuggler's cache, which is, like, a hidden, like, I don't know, like, someone, like, dug a hole and put a chest in it, and inside the chest you'll find uh, the coins. The way that a the dog currency. would, yeah. Yeah, and then you spend the coin to open a portal to go to the bad guy bay, which is my name for it. Bad guy and, bay. Uh, and you find blue, uh, the contracts, which are... And, and the heists, which are, you know, the maps. And, and I, I feel like this uh, heist league is going to end up being like Delve, where this is actually going to be another end game progression line in the same way that like maps and Delve are. So there's now going to be like maps, Delves, and heists. And I think that this is a really good addition to the game. Uh, alongside this, some of the things that you can find in heists are replica uniques right now there are 90 replica uniques which are essentially like remixed versions of current uniques so there's so for example there's this unique bow called quill rain which makes you shoot like extremely fast but with low damage and they changed it now so that that has arrow nova built into it which essentially turns your shots into an explosion like into an aoe explosion instead so like totally rebuilds the way that, you know, that ability works. And there's 90 of those different uniques, which are remixes. That's a cool kind of clever thing. Additionally to that, uh, they have added 800 alternate quality versions of gems. So essentially changing the way that increasing the quality on gems modifies what it will do. And, and they made some of them that are actually going to change the way that like a build is put together. Um, and, and I can see what they're trying to do, and it's something that they've been working towards for a while, and it's something that's going to come to fruition uh, with Path of Exile 2. But gem drops, they want gem dropping to be like exciting, because as it currently exists, there's nothing exciting about like, you know, you're doing a map and a gem drops. It's not like interesting, because for the most part... Every gem in the game can be bought by a vendor. Uh, for those that don't know, gems are your abilities. So they're your spell. Like there's a gem for Fireball. There's a gem for Frostbolt. But with the way that they're trending their loot, you're going to get actual gem drops that are interesting, that are, you know, I mean, they added 800 new <laughs> new versions of them. So they're, they're making it happen. Yeah. Uh, so additionally to that, you know, uh, 30 new, brand new, unique items, uh, a ton of new abilities. Um, and they I, also I saw reworked. some of those abilities. They seem pretty cool. And uh, I I liked that they, they, they were combo kind of abilities. It was like one was like a fl flame wall. And if you shot a projectile through it, it would increase the damage or something like, like that. So yeah, that's so a that burning you, effect. You, that you would be... Uh, like dropping a flame wall down and doing the I I want to like Path of Exile and I hope that and I think that they are moving towards the kind of things that I would like it more for but it just it, it hasn't been fun uh, the last leagues because 
uh, it just it ends up boiling down to like putting all this effort into uh, like a main damage ability and then having like a movement ability and then the rest of your abilities are pretty much just like a minion that adds increased damage and different like heralds that are these like buffs that uh, use that like lock away a certain part of your mana for a non like a, a constant passive buff so you'll just have like multiple big passive buffs a minion that's giving you a passive buff something that like teleports or moves you and then just like one button that you're just like mashing and whenever you hit that button like a billion explosions come out of it but because of that it's like there's no such thing really as a build like i feel like most builds ultimately feel really similar they like maybe the biggest difference is between like characters that actually have to melee or characters that are ranged but outside of that it does feel like you're doing kind of the same thing even when the builds are different you know yeah i i like a lot of the new abilities my favorite one is void sphere so what does that do which it is a black hole ability so it creates an area that sucks people like sucks things in and one of the reasons why that's useful also is it uh destroys bodies so there's a lot of like ability like um there are enemies that like will detonate? like blow up when they die and stuff like okay. that so uh it will suck oh. in their bodies it like hinders okay. people it, it's it's a great ability it has a cooldown um and and you know in true path of exile fashion there are some ways to uh make that easier there's a, a support ability called second wind which gives you an extra charge of those abilities so i can you know, I, I have two charges of my Void Sphere, uh, which is nice. They also added a, a pretty cool ability called Frost Shield, which creates like a dome around you. Like you cast it and it creates a dome and the dome is powered by your energy shield. And as it gets powered up, it like becomes, I don't know, like stronger essentially. And what it does is it um absorbs damage from projectiles it like stops projectiles and also you get increased critical strikes when you're inside of it and, and they also they changed the way that curses work uh in a pretty interesting way where they divided it up into two different like types where there's hexes and marks and by doing this they're able to balance them a little bit differently they're able to make them more effective on bosses so now curse is actually like have some benefit to bosses and they have additional benefits if you hand cast them, which is really good because I always preferred hand casting. I think it's a little bit more uh, interesting than having everything on a, on a trigger. And they also reworked um, steel skills. So I don't know if you played around with any of these, but there were essentially these skills uh, that were all based on like impaling enemies. So now they actually have like an ammunition count to them that you're like stocking up this ammunition and you're using them to like supercharge these steel abilities, which again, factors into the idea that they want you to be uh, doing multiple things at once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it'll be good to, to have um, more abilities on cooldowns and stuff like that, like strong things that are locked away on cooldowns um, so that you, you want to actually like rotate abilities and and feel like you have your build is more than just one really strong spell yeah and i'm definitely feeling that like i my build has like so much going on right now so my main ability is a new um it's a new one it's called crackling lance and essentially what it does is it is like an emperor palpatine like lightning blast 
but the more you cast it, it becomes narrower and narrower until it's just shooting like an energy beam and mm -hmm. doing like massive damage. So the idea of it is that if you're just running around and like shooting one blast of it, it's hitting a wide area. But if you need it to fight like a, a big a big enemy, uh, then you can cast it multiple times and it'll focus the beam inward. And I'm using that along with um, uh, Tempest Shield, which is a sort of a, a guarding ability that um, chains lightning off of anyone who like hits you or is near you. You can link that up to like a, a curse if you want to for good effect, but I'm all I'm mostly using a so I'm using that. I'm using Orb of Storms. So if I'm in Crackling, if I'm in the Orb of Storms and I shoot the Crackling Lance, then the Orb of Storms is also shooting enemies. And then I also have the uh, the Void Sphere, so I could cast the Orb of Storms, and then I can put the Void Sphere inside of it, so they get sucked into the Orb of Storms. And then I shoot the Crackling Lance, and then the Orb is hitting them while it's in that, and it's uh, and it's good. And so also, is that, the is that a you build you said, or that's yeah, that's me. I I made it. Me. Uh, and uh, so I wanted to do it based around uh, the Assassin, which is like all based on critical hits. Um, for no particular reason other than I like that area of the tree. I'm really familiar with that area of the tree, so I kind of know what to do with it. Um, and I got a world first drop uh, that was just like a, a perfect item that like essentially gives you lightning damage, which I'm using for Crackling Lance. It's a lightning skill. It gives you lightning damage for every power charge you have. And the Assassin class is based around accruing power charges the downside of the uh, um unique is that the power charges last for 90 percent less time but the way that i'm building crackling lance is with a ton of cast speed because the idea of it is i want to get to like the narrow beam as quickly as i can so i'm building up a ton of cast speed so there's like this perfect synergy going on of like i'm building cast speed so i'm hitting multiple times so I'm getting power charges so fast that the less power charge duration doesn't even matter. And it's like, it, it created this really nice harmony for me. One, one thing that uh, I've always liked in Path of Exile is I don't like to just build around an, an ability. I really like to build around a specific item. Like I like to find an item that's really interesting and make it work. And in this case, it kind of just fell into my lap. So... I got really lucky with that, but also that's that's like Path of Exile, like that's what you're 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 chasing those moments. Well, that's not Path of Exile, finding an item uh, that actually is good for you. Yeah. So one of the things you know, and we talked a little bit about this off the cast, but one of the things that uh, is a little bit like of a, a deterrence for Path of Exile is how much they encourage uh, trading, because Path of Exile has you know thousands of items uh, you know the amount of random generation that's happening in the on the items is probably more so than any other game um and, and because of that the main way that you're getting items is you're finding something you're appraising it you know you're trying to figure out like what value does this item have uh if it's not valuable to me which in most cases it's not uh what can i sell this to somebody for yeah. And then you're using that currency to buy something that you actually need. From that's, someone, yeah. It, it, it's a cool thing. It definitely it focuses more on uh, like this this very awesome and unique endgame economy of finding 
uh, items and and really trying to think about if they're going to be good for certain builds and putting them up on auction sites to have people try and buy it from you that that really would want that for their build but uh it, it it adds a lot it does like add more like some level of community interaction um but it, the the issue is that you don't have uh, what you would have in diablo which is like you're running around and you find especially i, I mean after post post auction house but like you you you're, you you kill an enemy and find a drop that is going to modify your build that is going to like change something and maybe makes you say like oh, i'm going to scrap my entire build that i have right now and focus on building around this crazy new like wild legendary item that changes this entire skill like completely and it's like this fun thing for for you whereas you really aren't like like i don't know if i have ever really had the experience of finding something that was like this is amazing for my build this is like like i found something great for me specifically rather than just having to find something and think like this could be good enough for someone else that i could sell it for money and then buy something good for me so you yeah. don't have that like excitement of like this big wild drop like i never feel excited for big wild drops in path of exile yeah outside of, like, I, I think one drops. of the yeah well one of the problems is i think you don't get to end game very often but also this is probably one of the things that's preventing you from getting to end game is not having that happen yeah um the, the, the other thing is that a big factor of like the, the Path of Exile looting is the crafting, and that is sort of the way that they expect you to be um, making items that are really effective for you. So the idea is that you're essentially like gambling with your with your trading currency to try to like, I, I don't know, procedurally craft in, in a way that's beneficial to you, yeah. right? Um, but one thing that we were talking about is like, so, so they do have this solo self-found league, which is essentially a mode where um, you, there is no trade and there is no partying. It's just like you getting the drops that you get. And that is kind of cool because uh, if you get a really powerful drop, you're not thinking about how much you could sell it for. You're thinking about the idea of like, do I want to try? This is a very powerful item. Do I want to try to roll a new character for it? But one of the things, you know, that I was thinking about would be interesting is for the solo cell found league maybe have something that tries to understand what you're building towards maybe it sees that you know this person is picking up lightning damage so they're interested in lightning items so make it so that you're more likely to drop lightning items yeah. uh, in a solo cell found league and not a hundred percent of items should be that way some items uh should be a little bit different right to encourage you maybe to try out a different build so maybe you do get a like a really rare drop but maybe it's like a calm's heart and then you want to go for a fire build or something like that and uh i think that that would be an interesting compromise yeah it seems like a pretty easy way to, to do it especially if it's solo so found like you're you're t already taking out the uh community auction aspect anyway like why not uh let players have a little bit more good stuff for themselves to like you know like have, have fun stuff also to, to to make it more fair with the fact that in the uh, non-solo self-found, those people are going to find items and then sell them, and then literally like hunt down the items that are perfect for them. Like they're they like the whole community like with an, with money. Then it's not even that you're looking for a certain drop. Like the community is finding those drops, and you're getting whatever you want. You're looking on the auction house, uh, and that can't be that way with solo self-found. So 
you could give them a little bit more of, of a bone to, to like increase the chances because you're gonna get whatever you want on uh non-solo self-found if you have the money right yeah i i do so, I, i'm excited for path two I'm, I'm excited for a league that would make me really want to come back i love the idea of heist league and maybe i would want to uh download it and try it but i i do find that the builds are pretty boring you were telling me the other day that uh this isn't the best thing to do but um being you know not as good with generating builds or not as familiar with that kind of stuff i usually just look up um popular builds and if you look up uh uh like top five or whatever like popular builds going into most seasons the like i I don't know if i should expect anything different but what you find is these really tried and true safe builds that aren't usually a lot of times using the new skills or anything exciting and they're like yep this has been good for years and it's still good now and uh you just you know you teleport around and you hit the enemies and they're going to explode and that's that's great and it'll be good at all points in time and it's an easy starter and all this kind of stuff but because of it uh i never really i find them kind of boring like everything feels the same i always talk about how much i want like a class differentiation or uh like to feel like like if i was going to go into like if i was going to play like a witch or something to be like this you know elementalist and to have really crazy different elemental abilities rather than just feeling like like this is this character shoots a projectile and here's another build where the character shoots a projectile and they're essentially the same but they're but like statistically they're working in a different way but that's yeah it. they're like both gonna achieve the same end game end goal right yeah and and they've also been working toward and the way to do that you know from they need to slow the game down right because if everything dies in one hit then everything really is the same yeah like if you like because the way that people play it is other than bosses is you're you're warping around at like especially by the end game you're just like teleporting or dashing really rapidly around the map and every build no matter what looks the same where they like they like stand for still for 10 seconds and just like throw out a ton of abilities and then a big pack of enemies just kind of explodes and then they warp around to the next pack of enemies and they throw out a bunch of abilities and they explode and that's it so like there's no real they even coming even from like a flavor or aesthetic standpoint they kind of look all the same like just the enemies just kind of explode or whatever but what it, what um when is uh path two? 2021 so probably a year from December, I would say December 2021, if I had to guess. I think so, I, I believe in grinding gear games, and I, I feel like there has to be a time in the future where I'm playing Path or Path 2, um, and that it's more of what, and when I can find more of what I want um, in it. Uh, and I think that they want it, they want to move towards some of these things that I like to. I know that they've, they've kind of over time hinted at or like had leagues where it's like, look at, they're doing the kind of things that you want. Um, but I don't know if they've ever like fully successfully managed it, you know? Yeah, this is, this is a, this is a good league. And fortunately, you know, when good leagues exist, they get integrated into the game. So heist, I can almost guarantee you will be in the full game. Also, one thing that I love about heist is the character models are beautiful. Oh yeah. Uh, for, for the new characters. Yeah, I saw them. And, they look really nice. They're really cool. And, and I think it shows off the kind of things that we're going to get. Uh, and, you know, uh, I played a little bit of Path of Exile, too, um, at mm. ExileCon. Not that long-necked so, fucking Templar guy. 
Yeah, and the new animations and the way that the new characters move and the way that they're rigged and all the armor is rigged on them is... Uh, I think that in general is also exciting. a big detriment. And it's not their fault, obviously, but the, like, the game is very outdated and it, we've, from the beginning, always said that uh, Diablo has, like, there's a real impact and a viscerality to the different abilities and it feels like your moves have a weight to them and that has like never been the case like uh you know like when especially when you get to end game with path you're just like you have like all these modifiers to make making it so that like you're attacking like a thousand times a second so it's just these sloppy animations that look like these like gyrations and wild flailing as like bolts and shit are flying out of the character like nothing is smooth and it's not meant to be that way um, but, but I, I, in the path two trailers, it definitely looks like they spent a lot of time making melee more impactful and abilities have this like better oomph and like, uh, yeah, yeah. I, like I think that. more so than that, the biggest change uh, for me in the Path of Exile 2 animations is when your character gets really fast and they, they made that better. And I think that that's the big one for me of not the every, like them looking like, Wow, their legs are moving very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, again, like it's like all the animations just speed up. So you have this general walking or like this, they, they have a jog animation that is like what the characters are doing when they're moving. They're just jogging. But then if you have like a million things speeding you up, they're just like really rapidly jogging. But they're still moving their legs at the same distance and everything. So it's still the jog animation. So they're just kind of like, just like, just mechanically running around in the most awkward kind of jog that's like just sped up let's yeah. talk about something other than path but i, I kind of do want to check out uh heist league it's a good game it uh, is a good I game i recommend it we were playing a lot um, of among us i think everyone's been playing a lot of among us so and i think I that's played, an interesting game to talk about i played among us every night um for the past week save for yesterday so i've played i've played a lot of among us at this point i've played 14 hours this is a game for anybody. It really is. Uh, and it's a social deduction game, actually. Like at its at its core, it's very much like a secret Hitler or a werewolf, where yeah. um, and or probably more, especially for the setup and what they kind of do. It's more the thing. Um, yes. So so you're uh, John Carpenter's the yeah thing. John Carpenter's that the one. thing. Um, so you're a team of people on a spaceship or on a kind of ice. Uh, uh, like scientific a, a station. Numbers station. That or that like is that, the yeah. thing, by the way. Like that is the thing. Um, or yes. a um, a sky kind of sky base. Sky base. Yeah, but you're a crew of of workers. Your crew members uh, that need to get the station operational by doing your tasks. Yeah. Uh, so everybody has a set number of tasks that are spread across uh, the map, and they have to try to do it. And they have to try to stay alive because uh, some of the people in your party are not crew members. They're imposters and you don't know who they are. Yeah. So, so, so therein is the social deduction mechanic. Yeah. Of you trying to keep an eye because because the mini games are like super simple. They're like some of them are not anything. To... Some of them are just pressing a button to download. Um, some of them require a little bit more. Um, they're almost like WarioWare minigames where yeah. they're so simple that by in seeing them, you should probably understand what to do. There's one where there's like leaves and uh, a vacuum and you put the leaves near, you put the vacuum so that it sucks the leaves out. And there's one where you pull 
a garbage to dispense all the garbage. There's one where it's like a navigation app where you just drag a ship across this yeah. little straight line. There's these wire mini games where you just connect red to red. So there's all these simple things, but they're more designed to um, kind of scare you because to they distract take, you. They take up space on the screen, and obviously, like your goal is as a as a regular human would be to um, do all these these little missions. So you're 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 doing these like little mini puzzles. Um, sometimes you have to start something and then come back to it later on. Um, yeah. And you're doing all these like little mini puzzles. And while you're doing them, they're taking up a lot of space on the screen and you're kind of locked in so you can't really see or move or get away from someone. So if someone comes up behind you and just kills you, they're very, you're like a sitting duck. Um, yeah. And, and there is a, um, and, and this is, there's not really a good way to like enforce this, but there is a rule of like, uh, you don't talk during the game about the game. And then there is a discussion time where if somebody finds a dead body or someone just feels like calling an emergency meeting, then people can talk, but uh, the ghosts, the people who have died, cannot talk. Yeah. When you die, you you, uh, you kind of float around. You get to see everything. Um, you're not supposed to be talking during those meetings or whatever, but you can still kind of complete your, uh, your, your objectives, tests. which people don't do um, at all. Uh, yeah. And... People have been getting better about it. Uh, we twice... Uh, it, the last night we played twice did we complete by tasks well there you go you have to that has to be a thing that has to happen that's with some regularity yeah one thing that's kind of cool about the the game is uh so there is a lot of variety in the way that you can set it up so you could make it more of like uh make the make the killers very strong give them like a you know some of the things that you can modify is like um what is the cooldown on them being able to kill someone uh, how many tasks are there? How much time is there to discuss things? Um, and, and you can sort of use these to modify. Even like the difficulties uh, of the tasks, the short and long tasks, like stuff yeah. like that. Um, so so the, that's one aspect of the game. This game came out two years ago, right? Yeah. Um, and it's I think it's mobile first. Yes. Because it is very, the game is like, I find wildly unattractive. Like it is sub new it looks like a new flash game. level like yeah. it's a flash game it it like uh charlene friend of the show charlene compared it to castle crashers which is like a decade old at this point and castle crashers is an infinitely better looking game like it just uh looks smoother um better like uh, i don't just like less uh i, I don't know it's like it's kind of gra almost grainy like it's very like low quality artwork um uh, and yeah, this is a this is a team of three people, which you know that doesn't excuse it, but it is worth noting that this is a team of like three people. Uh, and when this game came out, it had like two hundred, like like three months ago, there were like two hundred players for this game, and now it's the most played game on Steam. Mm -hmm. So it kind of got yeah, that. It, kinda, it, it got some weird ass streamer bump. It did, yeah. So it's. it's but but yeah no it's it's not like remarkably attractive i think that it gets the job done i i, I actually like the look of the crewmates i like how simple they are i like the hats i think that i think the look of the hat selection i think the look of the crewmates and the hats and all that would be totally fine if it even had the graphical fidelity of a game like castle Cra castle crashers or something like that like it really is just such a muted and ugly looking game 
and it and is a game I, that is built to run on anything yeah right like it, like i think it, it would be fine when uh, like they say they're working on the, the second version of it that makes a lot of sense i'm sure they probably actually have money now that one of the top sales things on steam is like among us pets so they're so they're yeah. definitely making some money and i hope that that goes back in because it, it is a game that is like serviceable because of the idea like i find social deduction to be fascinating i love uh you know getting away with a lie and um uh, trying to figure out who is i trustworthy. like the i like being the detective but the, the game kind of balances itself out of like if if you're a good detective then people will just kill you first like yeah i would always want to kill you first because whoever talks a lot you know you want to kill them first because then you you have people who are kind of not going to take into account certain things that someone who is more keen with detective work might say like i saw you in the north a couple of seconds ago how did you get to the south because that means you would have had to go through the vents which is something that only an imposter can do um stuff like that or i i saw you stand near a button but the taskbar didn't go up when you when you were done standing there yeah and and you can also but and that's also part of the fun is like every round of this is like so different that it's hard for me to feel bored by it just because like different people are going to get imposter so the way that they approach it is going to be different the types of lies that you can make are like crazy where I killed someone, I reported it, and then I just said, I straight up saw this person do it. And they were like nowhere near me, but I'm just like, what do you have to say for yourself? You know, and someone could have been like, yeah. well, actually, I saw them across the board. But but sometimes you get lucky. You get lucky. lucky. Right? And then also, like, the audacity sometimes to lie like that. Like, sometimes people will just be like, especially if you if you call the meeting and you're like, it was, it was this person. I just watched it. The people are just going to, like, vote right away like for yeah. that and just be like wow you look like bad like they're calling you out really seriously and the person might be like what are you talking about like or give me a second before you vote but uh like i do i do like all that kind of stuff it is just unfortunate that the game is so is so just stuck at being serviceable and serviceable only the the types of ways you can modify it i really like that i think that's awesome and that is a yeah. step in a direction that i feel like maybe they should have not even like before that kind of stuff happens maybe just be able to um get the servers working or uh how about you know what we've been doing is we've actually been playing on europe yeah that's not great we haven't had any problems they also changed it they 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 recently put out an update which made it so that all room codes are unique and it's hilarious that that had to be an update because sometimes you would have the same room code as somebody else. So people who are not in your party would just show up in your game. Yeah. So that's been fixed. Um, <laughs> the, I think one of the biggest, dumbest things that it's just like, what an oversight is that uh, there's three maps in the game and uh, you can't change the map um, when you're... Um, unless you make a new room. Unless you make a new you room. You have to make so, a new room. So like on top of we we were having this day where it's like for a solid 15 20 minutes everyone's trying the codes they can't get in we have to go to europe server it's finally working but then you know you're in there you don't really want to leave but we've been playing on the first map a lot and people want to try another map and stuff like that it does take a little uh, it's a very easy game but it does take a little time <laughs> like you have to be able to the the first time we played I was an imposter right away. So I had no idea what people were actually doing. 
And like, I don't, I didn't know how to explain, like, like if someone was like asking me, like, why, what were you doing? I don't even know what was going to pop up. Like, I didn't know what kind of mini games or anything there were. So like, I was just like, I don't know what's going on or like what, what to do. And it does take a little while to like familiarize yourself with where the mini games are. And once you do, you can start to lie at a crazy rate to be like, I know it was this kind of mini game and I'm standing around this part of the map. And like, this starts to be more of a believable story um yeah but you can also but the other thing that you could do is like uh and, and we've had this happen because we have new people coming in every time we play there are people who play dumb and are very good at it kevin klein is amazing at playing dumb of just being like i don't know what i was doing i don't know yeah. what's going on and then he's just like he was the killer five times in a row and every single time he either said nothing or said stupid shit and got out of it <laughs> like, i i i love just killing people yeah. left and right yeah i love that kind of shit um i i love uh the kind of narratives that start to and how you can abuse those um i i you know what you know one thing i noticed about a tell of yours that i didn't even mention to anyone at the time but a tell of yours when you're an imposter is that you uh start you you mention a, a plot or narrative thread that's kind of been evolving um between different games in the beginning of the game to draw on it at the first time when you need to so an example of this was like i think i forget it was you and charlene or something but you started off one of the games by saying like i'm gonna stick closely to you charlene like i don't trust you and then that was like a way for you to like from from the game before a way for you to like distance yourself from her and uh, make it seem like you're not to blame or something, like starting that kind of stuff yeah. early on. I like. Or there's also meta game of like, Jessica always kills, kills Ryan, Ryan first. first. So if you kill Ryan, <laughs> if you kill uh, Ryan Galloway, thank you, Ryan Galloway and Bumper for the user music. We use the intro. You can get it from the uh, album Pop Songs 2020. You can find them at YouTube where you can find where you can buy uh, links to the album um he he would always die from her first so so you can use those kind of things you can kill him early and then be like jessica why do you always kill him in the beginning and use that to throw her under the bus or sometimes figure out that it was her because it, multiple times she was getting uh imposter and killing him first yeah i i died i i, I can't believe i got away with like a dead to rights I got caught so dead to rights, but it's amazing oh my God. what you can and do to lie to people. So I think you saw that you saw this, and it was it's been one it's yeah. been my favorite moment of it because it involves me, obviously. And oh, yeah. um, there was a time where we were playing, and I was an imposter, and I go into this one locked off area of the map where you like have a to decontamination yeah, room. It's like a decontamination room where um, it, it like it locks people in this one room. It sprays out like decontamination stuff and then you can leave the room. Um, and uh, I was in it and I killed someone in it and I didn't know that it was going to like lock me in. And when the doors opened up, there was someone standing right there. So they're like, this guy was stuck in this room, didn't call out the death and they probably did it like he was standing next to the dead body the whole time and then i i forgot what i i said but like i didn't say anything for a little while because i'm like damn he caught me so dead to rights i didn't know that that was going to open up like that i didn't know he was standing right there and then someone else was like blame someone else and then i just went a lot i started talking about that and people kind of forgot that and they're just like no i really yeah. like like and then and then when it came back to me and they're like no really I did see him like next to someone and he killed them I just I saw them I was just like well where were you 
And then, and then like, it, it, that alone, like, somehow got me out of it. And no one, like, thought about me for a little while after that, despite it being so obvious. I've hated the times where, like, there's been times where, like, I'm just, like, it's Mason and it's this other person. And then you've, like, managed to, like, kill me by, before it goes back to the next meeting. And the then when I'm where dead. I was like, I'm going to stick close to you because I think it's you. And nobody realized that you immediately yeah. died after I said that. Yeah. Like, like if anything, it was like, it was like you, everyone, anyone walking around the map should have been like, I did see you guys together. And specifically, one of the things you said before the end of the last meeting was that you were going to stick next to him. And now he's dead. So how would that have happened? Because and, and the reason why is nobody found your body. They were talking about somebody else's body the entire time. Even though nobody Mike, even like, I, like you, you see who is dead. Yeah, but they didn't even notice you. They were talking about another dead person. It annoyed the hell out of me. Yeah, but that's that's the game. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to play more of that. Probably playing more of that tonight in a couple hours. Um, so one thing that i think is going to be handy though is i kind of want another game to play when i die in that game and i've done my tasks uh i don't know if you know this but hades just came out of early access and released on the switch i own that it's on the switch so you know play it on pc play it on the switch uh at a later date they're going to make it so that you could transfer your progress uh from the pc version to the switch version kind of cool mm-hmm so there is another game that I played a little bit of that I totally forgot about. Um, and that is Teamfight Tactics. So they just oh, wow. came out with a new set, set four, and it is uh, Teamfight Tactics Fates. Okay. And, and the sort of modifier of this season, the thing that makes it a little bit different. So last season they had galaxies where every game would have like a unique modifier. The issue that they ran into with that is that a lot of people just didn't like some of the modifiers or some of the modifiers sort of forced you into a specific build. So they wanted to get away with that. They wanted to get away from that. They wanted to make it so that um, the RNG is creating like truly unique moments that sort of change the way that you built. So with the new set Fates, what they do is sometimes... Um, in your character selector, you will find a chosen champion where one of their like um, uh, abilities will be highlighted. So, for example, Zed is an assassin or no. In this in this one, Zed is a shade or whatever. So he is like a shade. But if you get a chosen Zed, he counts as two shades. And if you know anything about auto battlers, you'll know that you're trying to collect sweets of multiple of the same uh, class or origin. And by stacking them up, you essentially build a extremely synergistic team that unlocks all sorts of new abilities the more of that suite that you earn. So the chosen is you will randomly find a chosen and you can choose to take them or leave them. Once you get a chosen unit, uh, they count as two of their suite and they come to you as a tier two unit already. Usually you'd have to build up to a tier. That's pretty fun, actually. I, I really, I really like that as a um, having played a lot of like chess rush and some of the auto battlers. Some of the most fun things to do is to live that dream and to get like the three uh, star, like three tier character to have this like ultimately strong character and then to build teams kind of around it that is like buffing that character and then place them on a place in the field where they're not going to get hit or they're going to be able to do what they want to do and pushing you towards that quicker and letting you have that in every game i think is is a pretty cool thing yeah. or at least get something close to that in every yeah. game so the idea is that you can only have one chosen unit 
Um, so that means that if you see a unit and it's chosen and you don't want it, you can roll past it. You don't need to take it. Um, and there's a chance that later on you'll find a different one. Your ability to find, and, and you know this, uh, but there are different rarity levels of units and your ability to find uh, chosen units of a higher rarity goes up as you level up uh, throughout the game. Okay, uh, so that's cool. that's really cool. You know, team fight tactics. It has my my favorite cast. I love the League of Legends characters. I do too. Uh, they've got the battle pass. They've got really cool cosmetics, uh, and it is on mobile too. But I I I feel like that is a game that is a little hard. It doesn't mobile. work that well on mobile. I I think I did tell you about this, but I did play it on mobile, and uh, the, it's kind of unfortunate because. Riot has uh, Legends of Rune Terra, and it has Teamfight Tactics, and they're gearing up for Wild Rift. And Wild Rift is the um, mobile league clone um, that is going to have enough changes to make it work more smoothly on a mobile level. Um, it has actually probably better menus and UI than uh, regular league, but it's going to have uh, less characters to launch with. It's going to have a smaller cast, which is going to make it a really good time for um, people to get into league. I think that's coming out really soon, too. But um, uh, for for at least for uh, team fight tactics, maybe worse so than even Legends of Runeterra. Uh, it really is like a PC port to mobile in a way that like a lot of the text is very small. Um, yeah, like the and menus that's exactly are small. What I was say. Mm -hmm. Like it's like it doesn't. It, it wasn't <clears throat> made. Uh, it, like clearly was not like made or ported in a way that would make it. Uh, like mobile viable so it feels like you're playing this weird hacked thing where i'm just yeah. like streaming it or something off of my so, computer and it doesn't look right so where my thoughts on it are th the actual gameplay of it works fine however if you were to try to learn the game on mobile it would take you forever yeah. but i think that if you play the game on pc you get familiar with like okay i know what this character's origins are you know i know that if i combine these two weapons i'll get this new weapon and I, and I think that if you get that foundation of knowledge on pc yeah then you can fine. easily play it on on mobile but you need that first yeah then you're fine because then you you don't have to see or read like little tiny text or sus kind of stuff out um it's a lot easier that way but yeah and same thing also i will say that the gameplay totally serviceable on a tablet so if you have like an ipad or a surface tablet then that like is totally fine and that'll yeah. work for you and playing on a tablet was actually my preferred way to play hearthstone uh rest in peace hearthstone uh although i don't know if you know this but Je jessica friend of the show uh loves the battlegrounds mode and i've been a little curious about it that's that is the hearthstone version of an auto battler mm -hmm. uh i've been i've been curious i i might i might check that out at some point it's I auto to, i thought it was like i, I thought it was like a royale it's an auto chess, I believe. It's an auto battle. Really? Yeah. I thought it was Royale. I thought it was like, um, like a like you all drop down and you're picking kind of drops and stuff as you're going and you're like having these mini fights. I don't know. I'd have to check that out, maybe. But I don't really want to download. I don't even have like maybe the Blizzard both. client. Maybe I know. I uninstalled. Like, it I don't want that. Whole, I, I don't know. I uninstalled it after the whole uh, uh, China Chinese, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's... I would if I played it, I would play it on mobile where I don't have to download like Battle.net or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh... but it is. Yeah. So so that's kind of neat. Um, you know what else Jessica's been playing is Aim Lab. 
which yeah. I've also been playing a lot. I've of been, pl- which... I've been, I, I think I mentioned it on this show, but I uh, made it a point to like play it every night and every morning. And it's actually like one of the few things I've ever like stuck aggressively to. Like I literally like, even if it's get- kind of getting late and it's like, damn, I have work tomorrow. I got to get in bed. I'll still uh, load up AimLab and do one playlist of AimLab. So I, I, one of the reasons why I bring this up is I lowered my sensitivity a couple months ago. And I recently raised it back up to where it was. And my scores are so much higher now than they were before. Mm-hmm. In uh in in everything, in spider shot, in motion shot, uh, in grid shot. But I, I'm I'm in motion shot, I'm getting like eighty-five thousand. At one point, uh I was playing a modified version of motion shot where all of the targets are very small. And in that, I got one hundred and eleven thousand. Oh wow! Uh, so, I'm I'm digging the new sensitivity. And when I after making this change, it actually just has me really excited to play Valorant again, because it is sort of this thing of like, okay, I've just unlocked a superpower, so I'm gonna try this out. My, my problem has played, been getting that to, to translate. I haven't played too many games of Valorant, but every game of Valorant I have played, I've I've done really well. So even, the, you know, you and I played a couple of games last night, and even in those, uh, it was working out really well. Although, I, to be fair, I was um, using an operator the entire second game, uh, which definitely pads the kill-death ratio a little bit if you if you can use it. it was, it's been frustrating to me. I think, if anything, it's been more frustrating to me because I don't know if I'm at this point where uh, you're... I'm more aware of the fault, kind of. It's like it, 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 it's like time moves a little bit, like or like at least this is gonna sound ridiculous, but uh, I think everyone would know what I'm talking about. But uh, when you become more accustomed to something, um, time moves like or your understanding of it, your reaction to stimulus becomes quicker. Uh, like the example I know that they is always given is like you're able to like really rapidly uh, respond to like a green light. Um, in a way that, like, it's going to be one of the things that you're fastest at reacting to because you're aware of, like, you, you drive a lot, or for, for, for a, a lot of people drive a lot. Sure, sure. And are used to this stimulus. Like, it's a, and it's a binary stimulus uh, between red and green. So, like, you yes. know that, like, w- like, there's one thing coming up and you're used to reacting to it and, like, your, your mind is ready to react to it. Uh, when you're not good at shooting, then there's a lot of, uh, many like minute details that your brain has to take into account with like where it, the enemy is, where their head is, how far away is your the mouse, how much does your hand have to move to get there and stuff like that. Is it your wrist moving or is it your fingers moving and all these kind of miniature things. And as you get better or practice more, then you're going to be able to get headshots, but it's going to feel slower. And it's kind of this weird thing where... Um, you might be getting headshots at like the same time that you've had like these crazy flicks, but you're actually like aware of the movement more because you're getting used to this, like you're building up all this muscle memory and all this reaction to a stimulus. So the, the weird thing then is that you kind of get to a point where you're, you're able to line up these good shots, but, and you're able to, you're, you're given a little bit more time to react. So this weird thing happens with the more you play Valorant in the beginning you uh you know you're like oh this person ran around the corner and just tapped me running and i had no time to react 
And then as you play more and more and you know the angles and you know where people should be playing and you play a ton of aim lab, you actually, it feels like there's more times where I'm like, I lost that battle and they tapped me. But if I had been a little bit quicker, yeah. if I had not missed that headshot or something, I would have yep. had that chance. It's like there's more time in the fights the more time you play. Yes. But because of that, it leads to this like weird in-between space where like I'm aware that I had the time to shoot them and I'm having more time to react to things and I'm better at lining up the shots. So because of that, like if I try and do the shot quicker, like you have to be calmly lining up the shots the way you would in aim lab a little bit more because you, you have more time that you don't realize that you have. So like if you still, like if you try and do it too quickly, then you won't, you might not have that muscle memory and it might not be as smooth. Um, but if you, but if you like, you know, take that 0.1 extra second to like line up the shot, uh, then you'll get the headshot. So I'm like in this weird in between space where it's like I'm more aware of the times that I missed the headshot and that I had time yeah. to do it. And it's frustrating. Um, for all this aim lab I'm playing, like I haven't really always felt like there's been a good translation. Some nights I'm on and I feel like, like the aim lab is really working and it's like they're better nights than I've ever had before aim lab, but I'm still having a lot of bad times, you know? Well, it's about your worst getting better, right? That's, that's what I, yeah, that's what I always say. It's like, I'm hoping my your... worst is getting better. I guess it is. Yeah. I guess it is like even some of my more bad, um, yeah. ranked games have been like, and just, one uh, make sure that the targets in your aim lab are the same color as your highlights in Valorant. So if you're using yellow highlight, use yellow targets. Do you use yellow highlight? I've been thinking about that. I use, no, I, I just use, use the I use traditional red highlight. Red highlight. Targets. No, I'm too far along. I'm not changing to, to yellow just because of some like brain thing of like, you see yellow's the first color you see. Forget that. I'm just, I use red highlights. It's also like yellow doesn't red appear means... often in the environment a lot of times. Yeah, except for like Killjoy. Killjoy. That's different though. You should be shooting a Killjoy if it's not your friend. Yeah, I, I use I use red highlights and I use I use red targets in AimLab. And I'll say this: after changing my target color to red in AimLab, my scores went up. Which I, I want to. Yeah, maybe that's a good idea. I'll, I'll I'll give that a shot. Um, Ryan, those are video games. Uh, I guess so. I want I I want I think that it'll be uh the next week by the and time. One, and uh, one of the reasons is I really have to pee. Okay. All right. But yeah, what happens next week? Uh, Genshin Impact is a game that I've been really excited uh, that's coming out that I wanted to recommend to you and uh, the viewers. It comes out on the 28th. It is this bizarre uh, gotcha but not a gotcha um, hybrid with Breath of the Wild that's um, going to get like a constant update. Uh, the company that does it, MiHoYo, is like really famous for making uh really great gotcha games that have existed for years that aren't pay to win or anything like that that are more like narrative based and stuff a lot of times and they've done a fa like a fantastic job with everything so it's going to be on mobile and on pc and it looks gorgeous it's so good looking even on mobile and it's like very much like a breath of the wild kind of thing with a narrative and character collector and stuff and it, it seems really interesting it'll be something good to play when you're dead cool. and among us that sounds very interesting. You know what comes out on uh, September 29th? What? Is Spelunky 2. Oh, I heard good things. I'm looking forward to that. It's out now on PlayStation, but I'm waiting for the PC version. Good podcast, right? I mean, not to pat ourselves on the back. But great <laughs> job to Ryan and James. This has been WTDG Podcast. You can find us online at WTDGpodcast.com, on Twitter at sign WTDG Podcast. Or on your favorite 
streaming app, on your favorite podcast app. What's the deal with games where you can give the show a like, leave it a comment. I don't know if you can leave comments. I don't know what service you're using. Uh, but if you can leave a comment, maybe don't. Yeah, go on, go on our comments. OnlyFans. I, I don't have any comments yet, so if I started getting comments now, it'd be kind of weird. Yeah. Please don't leave a comment. Thank you, Ryan Gowing and Bumper, for the use of your song. You can get it off the new album, Pop Songs 2020. They're incredible. Go check them out, the the YouTube, and buy a vinyl and a shirt. And thank you, guys. And you got to get that vinyl fast uh, because they only have one. They had like four different variants of the vinyl. Now they only have one left. They're all selling out. So if you want a vinyl from them, the be- the artwork is beautiful. Even if you don't have a record player, just frame that artwork. Like me. Like, uh, that's you don't, what I'm doing. You don't have a lot of time. So go get one. Thanks, That's Ryan. how we do. Uh, Sasugana, James. That's what I got. Looking cool, man. Kakui! Kakui!